You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. It was a wild Sunday and Matt and I are here to break it all down for you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL as we do. And by the way, thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt, how was your Sunday? There was um, a couple of uh, interesting scores at the end. I think we got to start with the prime timer, right? And the Chiefs handling their business sure. against those Denver Broncos. It was 22-9 to was the final there with... Those Kansas City Chiefs improving to eight and four now. Broncos falling to six and six. Really not that different from what we expected. And the Broncos are hanging on this season. But when you watch the Teddy Bridgewater led Broncos offense, they had production. Uh, you had the rookie running back, Williams, going off. He had 102 yards on the ground on 23 carries, another 76 yards on six receptions and a touchdown. When you just see that, you think, oh man, the Broncos probably put up some points here. But that was it. Let's start with Javante Williams. I, I love the young guy. I mean, I, I pretty I was very dialed in that the Steelers were going to take a running back very early. They took Najee Harris. So I watched a ton of Williams, less ATN, a lot of Harris, thinking that Williams or Harris is probably going to end up in Pittsburgh. And he's even better than I thought. I mean, he is a dynamic, explosive, highly competitive guy that's about as hard to get on the ground as anyone in the league. And with all respect to Melvin Gordon, you would think this would be the rookies coming out party and really good rookie class in general from Denver. Um, Teddy put up some numbers, but I didn't think he played great. And, you know, they turned the ball three, turned the ball over three times, including a pick six. Um, and one of my big takeaways really is, okay, it's 22, nine chiefs, but the chiefs only scored one offensive touchdown. Mahomes threw for one seventy-eight. Uh, the Broncos, produced more yards per play than Kansas City. Yeah. And I know the Broncos have a good defense and are very familiar with this group, but I still don't think the Chiefs offense is is fixed. It's yeah, that's what I was saying. You look at the box score and yeah. twenty two to nine, really, the Chiefs handled them easy. And when Patrick Mahomes has a line like that, uh hundred and seventy eight net yards and uh zero touchdowns, one interception, they didn't run the ball well either. Eighty nine yards on twenty four total carries. So the, uh, there, there was a rushing touchdown for Patrick Mahomes, but how, that was about it. Yeah, the Broncos' defense came to play, and they've been playing some really good ball. I think it's pretty clear that they're a, a good defense. But man, uh, the the offense has to do their end of the bargain, and they did not. And yeah, you mentioned the pick six and the turnovers, and um, it's a frustrating one, I'm sure, for the Broncos who got a game that they could have won and still weren't able to win it. Basically, yeah, right. I mean, you hold Kelsey and Tyreek to five catches for 49 yards combined and it's not like Kansas City even ran for 100 yards you did your job <laughs> you know in KC Sunday night this defense did their job and again I think part of it reflects poorly on the Chiefs offense and their inconsistencies but you know I, I've been I've been ready I've been digging the grave for Denver for like six weeks now in the AFC playoff picture. Can we now plop them in the in the grave? Is it is it over? I mean, they're only six and six. It's so hard in the AFC, but when if things are going right, they're, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. If if, you, if everything no, goes perfect but, for you and you still can't win a, a game against a playoff team, then 
what do you expect is going to be the end result of your season? I still don't think they're going to be there in the end, but they're, you know, among the teams, there's a handful of teams, and they're one of them that could still do this thing. But um, I'm just not a believer in the offensive side of the ball and Teddy Bridgewater. And um, you can't even sustain one fantasy relevant pass catcher you know the Jerry Judy no, led right, right. I've been waiting for the Jerry Judy breakout and then uh, Cortland Sutton hasn't really been able to do much and Tim Patrick had a couple of nice games when everyone was hurt but you know one catch for nine yards there there's just no consistency on the offensive side of the ball even when they got the the production from their running back um, but as far as the pass catchers go it's 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 a frustrating situation for the Broncos, and I I am willing to bury them, but mathematically, it's probably not smart to do that. And as we know, as soon as we start to bury a team, they're going to come back strong next week and beat somebody up. Oh, I know, and I, I get ahead of myself on these things, but I kind of look at the Raiders and Broncos and think they may no longer be in the mix in the AFC, and, and part of that's just watching the the way the games go for these teams and you're right I mean the offensive passing game's very inconsistent it's pretty clear Teddy's not the answer but let's also give the Chiefs defensive credit I mean they've come a long way very quickly and it's important because if you do play good defense like the Broncos can and run the ball like the Broncos can just don't throw the picks Teddy right, right like, even right. if you're just gonna be checked down Charlie that's fine you can't have big negative plays going the other way though to undo all of that right i mean especially against a team like i was gonna say especially against a team like the chiefs but i don't know the chiefs are a team like the chiefs you know (laughs) we think they are i mean they they might be the one seed we'll see what happens i think uh the the patriots after winning monday night football if they win tonight will have the one seed in the afc at this point but um yeah it's looking like those are the teams to beat right now in the afc and all beatable so really interesting it's it's so opposite of what's going on in the nfc nfc nobody wants the last playoff spots um, (laughs) but the good teams are good for the most part and it's the opposite in the AFC. Everybody wants a little piece, but everyone can lose any given week, and everybody can win any given week. And it's actually a perfect segue to one of the games I want to talk about, which was the very first victory for the Detroit Lions in 2021. Yeah, the Lions are the next team up for the Broncos. So we mentioned how maybe they could uh, you know, be back over 500 next week. They'll have an opportunity against those Lions. But as we know now, the Lions are not pushovers, and... They got their first win, Matt, and I think we thought the line was a little bit too big. We both had the 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 Lions getting points in this game. I didn't think they were going to beat the Vikings straight up. I thought the Vikings would be that team that I would bet on to earn the seventh seed in the NFC. But as we talked about, nobody wants the seventh seed right now, um, and maybe nobody really even wants the sixth seed after the, the 49ers lost to the Seahawks as well Sunday. But good job, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, Amonra St. Brown re- catching that ball as time expired for the Lions to beat the Vikings 29-27. Now 1-10 and 1 on the season are the Lions. And look out for the Vikings at 5-7. and seven. You go from being a wild-card playoff team to a top-10 draft pick pretty darn quick. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it's amazing that Minnesota loses this game despite being much better in yards per play. They won the turnover differential. They won time of possession. Um, they ran the ball well enough. Cousins didn't play bad at all, completed 75% of his passes for 340. Um, Madison filled in as he usually does for Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson was a total superstar as he tends to be pretty much his whole NFL career. But they also lost Adam Thielen four snaps into this game. And I just started really digging into the Vikes because the Steelers play him Thursday night. I mean, they played this game 
without Thielen for after four plays, without Dalvin Cook, without Christian Derrissaw, their starting left tackle, who's really rounding into shape. Patrick Peterson was already out of the equation. Anthony Barr and, and Eric Kendricks, their best two linebackers, are out of the equation. We know Everson Griffin's sidelined. Like, doesn't leave much. And Thielen's injury is a, is an ankle sprain. Is it is it the high ankle variety is the question, because that one might keep him out. I think for so. a while there. Um, and, and that's tough for them. And you said, oh, yeah, so Thursday night football this week. They got a short week yeah. with the Steelers, huh? I don't think any of those guys I mentioned will play. But that's, you know, that's early speculation because most of those injuries were pretty bad. And they don't expect Alvin Cook back. I don't think Thielen will be ready that quick for a quick turnaround. But I don't mean to discredit the Lions. They've, they've been playing very hard. They're a very physical brand of offense. They're going to run the football no matter who their back is often bring in the sixth offensive lineman, and they're just going to bludgeon you to death. And I know Jared Goff's easy to rip on, but this was probably one of his better games as a Lion. He played pretty well. Yeah, he he made the game-winning play when it counted. Uh, 41 passing attempts. He completed 25 of those, 296, three touchdowns and an interception. You know, not a, not world-beating numbers, but not no. terrible either. And he, he made some throws. And look, they're, they're undermanned there. It's not like he's throwing to... Megatron over there in Detroit right now. He's, he's got a rookie Amon Russ St. Brown. Who had a nice little game in his own right. Ten catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. But he's not you know a future number one guy either. He's a two or a three maybe. The one guy I did want to mention, though, is Charles Harris. He had two sacks in this game. And he's a nice reclamation project for them. I mean, I think it's – I love when teams – grab former first-round picks to kind of wash out in their first spot and give them another shot. I mean, it's great business from a front office perspective because you don't have much invested. He's definitely been one of the sweet spots for this Lions defense so far. Been pretty good. And I think he's more than doubled his career sack production just in this one year in Detroit because he was bad and and could not get to the quarterback in his first few seasons before uh, being cast off from Miami after being a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to mention some of those guys that have, you know, people kind of wash away and, oh, he's a bust. He's no good. Well, he's doing pretty well right now. He's only 26 years old. It it is always amazing how young NFL players are when you think, man, this guy's been in the league a long time. He's washed up. And uh, who was the um, Leonard Fournette we were talking about last week? He's 26 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. He's like, he looks old and he's all big and strong and yeah. you know, mature looking, but yeah, he's 26. And he's been on the radar ever since he was, you know, a teenager, 17 years old. So you feel like you've known this guy for almost a decade and you think he's older than he is. He's only 26 years old. There's a lot of NFL players like that. And uh, you can definitely reclaim a guy in his mid twenties with that much physical ability to be a first round draft pick. Cause you're a freak of nature in most cases uh, as a human being, if you're, if you're getting drafted at all in the NFL in the first round. Yeah, but congrats to the Lions. Yeah. I think the Vikes are in a tough spot, and I feel like my Steelers are getting them at the perfect time, to be honest. Vikings in a really tough spot, but not out of it because yeah. nobody wants it. And we'll get to some of those True. games this week with the other NFC teams vying for those uh, wild card spots that nobody, nobody wants to win. Lions, though, the big story there is that, you know, no quit in that team, and I think that's the best thing you can say about the job Dan Campbell has done. You know, to get a win even, it feels like just a huge accomplishment because of what shape the roster is in and the fact that they've played so many tight games and that they've never stopped fighting. I think think that bodes really well for the future of the Lions with Dan Campbell, and I wasn't sure about that hire at all. And right now, I kind of like it, even though they're obviously still the worst team in the NFL. Yes, exactly. I mean... 
this year's progress for the Lions. I mean, none of us thought that that roster was any good. And unfortunately for them, they probably are not going to find themselves with a surefire, you know, early pick quarterback. And, you know, that we'll, we'll see how this goes. But I think the Lions experience this year has been a good one. And really the last month or so, they've been highly competitive. They tied the Steelers recently. You know, they're playing teams tough. More Week 13 games to get to, Matt, including my Niners, your Steelers, and the first 10-win team of the 2021 season. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, it's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Um, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Matt, are you a, a Saturday Night Live fan? Do you know the character Stefan as played by Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live of years past? I'm embarrassingly inept in that. I can tell you... <laughs> Bill Murray, Belushi stuff. That's okay. About, so not since then. Okay, we're going way back to the <laughs> 80s. Uh, there's a character played by Hater's Bill Hader. Awesome, yeah, oh yeah, he's amazing. And uh, called Stefan. And he he goes, he's this club kid in New York and he goes to clubs and, and he always talks about, oh, this club has everything. And that's what I felt about this 49ers Seahawks game. It was a bonkers game and it had everything. Uh, it, had a, it had safety. It had a fake punt for a touchdown turnovers yeah. left and right. It had big plays. It had bad calls. I mean, it started off with an ambulance on the field. It was a scary moment to just the opening kickoff. Trenton Cannon, the 49ers return guy, um, had a really bad, um, head neck injury. And it wasn't just carted off the field. They brought the ambulance onto the grass to take him off the field. And you start worrying about things like a broken neck. And it turned out they did give an update in the middle of the game. And, and it was more concussion related stuff that they were checking out for him. So, so, uh, you know, and he was moving extremities and things like that. So it was good news there. But that's how the game started. And it was just uh, it was just a wild one all the way till the very end. And Carlos Dunlap got his big mitts on a Jimmy Garoppolo pass. And there was an open receiver that would have probably gone into overtime if that was completed. But the pass did get batted down. And the Seahawks, who looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL recently, were able to knock off one of the hotter teams in the league recently. Seahawks beating the 49ers 30 to 23. Yeah, and again, you're going to be more dialed in on this one than I was, but some of my impressions were crazy game, you know, three turnovers apiece, the Travis Homer long, you know, fake punt mm -hmm. move that was huge and smart by Seattle. I mean, they're kind of a desperate team. It looked like Seattle played like a desperate team that realized that this was their last-ditch effort against a massive rival from what I saw, I thought Wilson played better than he has the last couple weeks, but still probably not the same player pre-injury. Um, seemed like a little bit of a step back for Jimmy, that he was okay, not great, and two picks. Um, Kittle was pretty much the star of the show, and just one of those games where you go, oh yeah, I remember that he's one of the very best players yeah. in the league. <laughs> I mean, just a total superstar. And, but wasn't quite enough on the road. 
Yep. Each team was trying to give the game away to the other team, and, and in the end, the 49ers didn't want to take it. Uh, and yeah, a couple of picks from Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and we know who Jimmy Garoppolo is now. He's not going to make a bunch of big plays, and if he's turned the ball over, then you know um, he doesn't make enough big plays to make up for mistakes. So he's got to be more efficient than he was against the Seahawks, even though he was 20 of 30 passing for nearly 300 yards. A couple touchdowns, but the two picks is, is the thing you can't have. One of them was a really bad interception. Neither team could run the ball very well. That one Travis Homer fake punt was half of the Seahawks rushing yardage yeah. in that game um that shouldn't count I know it's just like yeah, a regular it should, this could happen before you know I'm sitting here looking at this box score going yeah, it's technically oh, they ran for 146 yards right. no they didn't no they didn't they ran for you know 73 yards yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> on, right, on 26 right. carries and yeah that that's a special teams thing but you know it, technically you're on offense so it counts as standard rushing yards there but um elijah mitchell on the other side niners kept trying to pound the ball and they wanted to run the ball uh, and they weren't really super effective doing it although mitchell did end up with 66 yards in a in a touchdown there three yards per carry but yeah the the big thing for the niners passing game they needed either george kittle or brandon Ayuk or both to step up with debo out and george kittle did step up in a huge way nine catches 181 yards two touchdowns running over guys and you wonder yeah, why wasn't this guy getting 10 targets a game all season long i get giving the ball to debo too but um it, it's good for the 49ers offense because i know he's a great blocker but he can still block on the other 10 12 plays that he doesn't get targets you got to target that guy more Oh, with all respect to Kelsey and everyone else, I mean, he's the best tight end in the league. And uh, the only negative I can ever say about Kittle is injuries, you know, durability. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than that, he's Gronk-esque in terms of his impact on the game. I I love him. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. There was a third or fourth and short that they had Jimmy run like option or something, yeah, you know, and that's, that, that kind of got a little blowback from the Niners. Yeah, Forty Niners fans not not super happy about with the, with the Lance the, on the side, the Trey Lance thing, and essentially Kyle Shanahan last week put it this way: it, changing quarterback. I think that was the plan is to do more Trey Lance packages this year, and he says it throws off the rhythm of the offense, throws off his play calling rhythm. So essentially, he closed the. Yeah. It sounded like, and with the Niners on a hot streak, of Jimmy Garoppolo playing well and winning games when he said this last week, or maybe it was a week and a half ago, but um, it was after the Niners had won some games and Garoppolo playing well. Basically, he it sounded like he closed the door on Lance stepping on the field. Period. The rest That's of the what year, I got too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that would be a great moment for it. Uh, instead, you're running the zone read with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know how. Uh, I, I think that on fourth and one and not converting throws off your rhythm more than if you put your athletic young quarterback on there that knows how to run a uh, a zone read and, and could really make a big play there where you know Garoppolo's probably not. Maybe he thought it would be more of a sneak attack as you would expect it if the young quarterback was in and not Garoppolo. I don't know, but yeah, right. it did not work. It's small potatoes. No one talks about it if you lose, if you win, you mm-hmm. know, and same type of deal. And, you know, you said that about Shanahan saying, well, it throws off my play calling rhythm and the offensive rhythm. That made sense. I accepted that as soon as you said it. I said, okay, now's not the time for Lance. They're winning. But the second you stumble against an opponent like this, now it's going to be, oh, why can't you get Lance in the game? You know, they can't have it both ways. I don't know about you, but I'm not super worried about your Niners, especially with the state of the Vikes and the Saints. And I mean, I, th- I still think the Niners have a pretty good track for the postseason, And this is a, a speed bump, but I right. still think they're an improving team. 
And it was, you know, you can throw the record out against the Seahawks in Seattle. It's right, always one right. of those places. Russell Wilson just has the 49ers number. He didn't even play that well in this game. He, th- I think his hand is definitely bothering him. He missed some throws he usually makes. There was a play where DK Metcalf toasted uh, Josh Norman down the left sideline. He was wide open, and, and Russell Wilson just threw the ball out of bounds, just missed him. It's like, you got to throw the ball in bounds, let your guy make a play on it. Uh, he <laughs> threw an interception. He, he only had 231 yards passing, a couple touchdowns. But yeah, both of these teams. It was just a bonkers game. They tried to both give it away to each other, and in the end, it was the home team, the Seattle Seahawks, with those nine extra points from a special team's fake punt touchdown and a safety, which is really the difference in this game. Yeah, good point. And I don't think the Seahawks are out of the woods or anything like that. How about your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt? 20 to 19. A little upset special beating those Ravens. And um, even without, was TJ Watt playing in this game? Oh, yeah, he sure was. I mean, he now has 16 sacks in – he's missed two games. He had three and a half in this one. Was an utterly dominant force of nature in one of his best games I've ever seen him play. Oh, here we go. I was looking at the wrong thing. That's why I, I couldn't find his sack total. Yeah, three and a half sacks <laughs> in this in this game for T.J. Watt. Wormley with another uh, – with two and a half Wormley sacks Wormley played as really well. well. But, um, yeah, those Steelers have life, and that's sort of where um, – so many of those teams are six, five, and one now. The Steelers, and it just depends on the week. Like I don't know which team is going to show up for the Steelers. I don't know which team is going to show up for the Raiders. I don't know what team is going to show up for the Bengals. I don't know what team is going to show up for the Forty ers or the Vikings. But they can beat a lot of teams and they can lose to a lot of teams. And uh, in this one, and I, I guess this is one of those that's maybe like that Niners Seahawks game, right, Matt? Where two familiar teams, you throw the records out and let's go. There's absolutely some of that. Uh, we sent um, my my 15 year old was old enough to take the uh, the, the trolley or the 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 T uh, the subway down downtown by himself and go to a game with a bud. His first ever game as a you know quote adult slash teenager saw a good one. Came home beaming about how awesome it was. Crowd was really into this game. Went down right to the wire. Um, you know Harbaugh with down one with no time on the clock decides to go for two to try to just bury his biggest rival and they fall just short or boy, this would be a much, much different, you know, look at this game. The Ravens would be running away with things. The Steelers would be left for dead. Um, It was really an interesting game in that the Ravens totally controlled the clock. I mean, the Steelers had six and a half minutes of time of possession in the first half and did nothing with the ball. I mean, they had a great punt where they landed it like on the one-inch line and the Ravens drove 99 yards for a score, just five, six, just eating clock the whole game. But Steelers played really well as the game went on. Mentioned the pass rush. They were all all over Lamar, you know, pretty much start to finish. Watt was the star of the show. And Deontay Johnson dropped a touchdown, but otherwise would have been – a massive fantasy day for him. He's a, a great young receiver that keeps showing it. And I will say, I've been really hard on Roethlisberger, but I, he played very, very well, threw the ball better than he has. And frankly, the Ravens, in a little bit of a way, kind of, we were saying this all week, that kind of remind me of the Steelers last year when the Steelers were like 11 and 0, but really weren't that good. You know, the Ravens had a great record, they're 8 and 3 number one seed in the AFC, but they have problems. And the last month has not gone well at all for Baltimore. It's pretty amazing in the AFC. There's four, eight, and four teams now with the Patriots to play. And I'm kind of rooting for the Bills to beat the Patriots just to have 
uh, a shotgun start to finish the season in the AFC because then the Bills would also be eight and four to match the Chiefs and Ravens and Titans. Then the, the Patriots would be eight and five and right there. Then there's the seven and five Chargers and the seven and five Bengals and the six five and one Steelers and the seven and six Colts and then uh, three or four other teams that are five hundred still in the AFC: Broncos, Browns, Raiders. Uh, if it's going to be crazy, let's make it as crazy as possible and just have, you know, a, a, an eight-way tie going into the last three weeks of the season or something like that. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I mean, I, I don't think the Ravens are quite – we'll see how tonight goes, but they would not be a Tier 1 AFC team for me. Not that the Steelers are. I don't mean it that way. But uh, the Ravens have a lot of issues, and they've a lot of it's dealing with injury. And then they lost Marlon Humphrey in this game probably for the year so they already had peters down you know like they're getting hit left and right with problems they lost their right tackle halfway through the game and then Watt just feasted on the backup like lamar's you know they're not handling blitz particularly well mm-hmm. kind of remember that ravens dolphins blitz fest from a couple thursdays ago steelers did some of that too and the ravens aren't adapting particularly well there's some weaknesses being found out about Baltimore. Yeah, I think that's one of the stories that's going underreported is um, the the Baltimore Ravens offensive line got worse. And no Very J- much so. No J.K. Dobbins, and they can't play the same brand of ball that we're accustomed to and can't win exactly the same. We're seeing you know more hero ball from Lamar Jackson as a result. And it's, and it's catching up to them, and people are making him make quick decisions and – timing and accurate throws and he's not doing that quite as much and you know the receivers aren't helping him that much you know like they're the line really is the problem though with the offense and on the other side the Steelers obviously when you have Watt back and and Fitzpatrick back and both of those guys were out a couple of weeks ago it's a huge difference for the Steelers defense but with Roethlisberger I think that's the way this goes when when Ben is showing his age and not playing great the the Steelers are in a big uh a big disadvantage but when he's playing good and we've seen it a couple times this year he's like I you know Ben played pretty good and guess what the Steelers won like if he can keep that up for just a few more weeks like he only has to play two more months in his career Matt like he can play some good games and get this team into the playoffs you saw, you know, some old school Ben, no huddle, hurry up, where he kind of was running the show and kind of reminded you of what he used to be. I mean, he doesn't move well, but I mean, he 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 kind of he played this game like he knows who he is, and you know, there are a lot of Najee, a lot of Deontay, a lot of the guys that deserve the football, and the others don't get really you know, mixed in too much. All right, we'll finish up this look at the Week Twelve Sunday games or the week 13 Sunday games get to as many of those as possible and then on Tuesday we'll finish up the rest of the schedule and uh, break down everything we saw from week 13 including Monday night football and tomorrow's show but uh, next I want to talk about those 10 and 2 Cardinals and the 9 and 3 Bucks the two teams at the top of the NFC next this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, low in sugar, low net carbs, and low fat, but high in protein so you stay satisfied and you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, all the original flavors. You know if you listen to this podcast, all the delicious original flavors, but they've got new flavors coming for the holidays all the time. How about this? Try this one. 
Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Also a lemon cheesecake flavor if you don't want the chocolate-covered variety. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as this NFL season continues to march toward the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. I think Matt and I did pretty well with our picks, maybe starting to figure out some of these teams a little bit as difficult as it's felt this season. Parity at an all-time high. You think you got a little bit of an edge? Well, you can put that to use at betonline.ag. Not only football, but pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, all of your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers this season and even futures into 2022 and beyond at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. The cards keep going. At what point do we say the cards are flat out the best team in the league? Look, they beat the Bears, and the Bears aren't a great football team, but they just keep handling their business. And uh, no matter who's in the backfield, James Conner's resurgence of his career, but getting Kyler Murray back is important. But it's, I mean, he threw the ball 15 times. They didn't need him to do a lot in this game, and they won games with Colt McCoy as well. So are you ready to say that the Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now, Matt? At 10-2, first team with 10 wins in the NFL? I think Green Bay's in the conversation. I think Tampa's in the conversation. But they're definitely a Tier 1 team. And I was a little reluctant to to anoint them that way. But their defense is better than people realize. They got after Andy Dalton quite a bit. Dalton threw four picks in this game. You know, I, I, mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's my note on the Bears. Is It doesn't matter if it's Dalton or the rookie Justin Fields. Um, the, the, it is so hard and it's been this way all season long. And I know part of it is the team you're playing and the Cardinals do have a good defense, but yeah. the bears offense, it is so hard for them to score every single week. Every time I watch a bears game, it, I'm pulling my hair out. It is so difficult for them to move the ball and score points. It's, it's gotta be maddening for bears fans at this point. Right. I mean, that's the thing is a couple of these offenses, trust me, my Steelers have been in that neighborhood too, where, Every blade of grass they pick up is, wow, good, okay, well, that wasn't terrible. I mean, at least it's something that's so hard. You're 100% right. And I never felt like the Cardinals were threatened in this game. You know, they were up 21-7 at the half. Uh, the, the Chicago kept handing them the football with interceptions. I mean, Kyler Murray threw for 123 yards. <laughs> you know, he threw the ball 15 times. I knew yeah. it was low. I didn't realize it was that low. He did run the ball quite a bit. He he run, ran the ball 10 yeah, times and, and scored a couple of times there as well. But, yeah, they didn't have to drop back and throw because they were never threatened. They were up, uh, you know, 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter, 21-7 to after the first half. So let's just go and uh, shorten this game and get out of here with the W. Yeah, and your original conversation about are they the best team in the league, I, I think that, you know, I've, we've been saying this about Green Bay all year. We say it about Tampa a lot. You know, we talked a lot of times Brady Patriot teams were this way where you're the better team. You don't have to put up crazy numbers to win it. You know, the business trip, we always call it. You know, they go to Chicago. Weather was bad. We don't really have to play outside our comfort zone at any time. 
get out of there with the win. It might not be the most beautiful thing for fantasy, but who cares? And you put, add another W to the scoreboard, you know? Absolutely. Uh, how about a team with the third team with nine wins? Now, the Packers had a bye this week. They got their ninth victory last week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers improving to nine and three. And we'll see if the Patriots meet them at nine wins here uh, on Monday night football. But again, a business trip, a team handling their business. Buccaneers go to Atlanta, beat a bad Falcons team. And it's amazing. We were talking about this Falcons team as a wild card team. Potentially they're just not, they're not good at all. And they're going to, they're going to end up with probably a top five draft pick, let alone a top 10 draft pick when it's all said and done. But uh, at five and seven, they got the same record as those Vikings we talked about earlier, even though I really feel like there's a big difference in the, in the talent overall of those two teams, but the Buccaneers handling business beating the Falcons 30 to 17. Yeah. Again, a a business trip, you know, I mean, um, but this one's a little different to me in that I thought that Atlanta was very much in this one for much of the game and kind of played their best football for a while. And, you know, Cordero Patterson's a factor for them without question. Uh, Pitts was involved early. I never give Russell Gage any credit, but he's a pretty high-quality receiver, too. And I say it every week, man, I wish Ridley was in this offense. I'd like to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they did some good things, and they put up numbers, and they had certainly hung around. And this game was very competitive at the half, and the second half pretty much belonged to Tampa. And that's when the business trip kicked in. You know, it was just Brady picking these guys apart separating you know some of these teams can hang around for a half or so but can't put 60 minutes together Chris Godwin catches 15 balls (laughs) yeah at at a certain point and that's that's where Tom Brady gets surgical and he goes guess what you can't stop this here you go Chris Godwin we're we're gonna keep throwing it to you because you can't cover this guy 15 catches for 143 Mike Evans had another seven for 99 Gronk with the two touchdowns on his four catches uh, continues to do Gronk like things with Tom Brady I think what was that their 90 90th combined touchdown Brady to Gronk I think I saw 90 something are they number one or are they knocking on the door for Peyton versus Harrison I think that they're I think they're still on the verge of setting that record I think they're still behind to that one that one's that one's out there ways if I remember um yeah Fournette catching a touchdown yeah so anyway um that's just a better team beating a a bad team and the the Falcons are just so incomplete because you know Cordero Patterson nice story there Matt Ryan he's a good professional NFL quarterback right um the Kyle Pitts good rookie but their defense is bad and they're that's it and they don't have a lot else on offense, and so the offensive line's not playing great. And what are you going to do? Better team beat worse team. And I didn't realize this just watching it via red zone and whatnot, but Vita Vea and Namakong Sue each had two sacks, and those guys aren't even on the field all the time on third and long. And I can just picture them, those two big, badass, bully defensive tackles just – pushing around the guards and centers for Atlanta and Matt Ryan's lap time and time again. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I believe Drew Dahlman, the rookie center, center, got a little bit of action in that game. And he's not the biggest anchor type of guy. And neither is uh, Matt Hennessy. The, the, in fact, those oh, two right. guys were very similar in back-to-back drafts. And it's interesting, the Falcons drafted both of them, two centers that are that had identical scouting reports, you know, in the third and fourth rounds uh, in back-to-back years. But, you know, those aren't the people moving, let's get this 350-pound nose tackle out of the way for our run game. That's just not their style. So bad matchup on top of it. Yeah, their line is 
certainly on the finesse side and Tampa's is not. And uh, I mean, uh, maybe we'll bring it up later in the week, but I, I guess Brady's the leader in the clubhouse for MVP in a really weird year. I mean, I feel like someone's going to catch fire this last month and grab that award. I think Brady Rogers. How many times yeah. have we talked about it? But I think right now one and two is probably Brady and Rogers, right? I would imagine. I mean, it can't be Mahomes. It can't be Kyler. Dak has fallen off. You know, I mean, I guess a guy like Allen could light fire starting tonight and make a case, but right now he's not high on my list. We got to run here, running out of time. Uh, we'll get to Chargers, Bengals, Giants, That's Dolphins, Eagles, Jets, Colts, Texans, uh, Washington, Las Vegas, Jaguars, Rams, and Monday Night Football as well. On tomorrow's episode of Peacock and Williamson, I'm excited for this Monday Night Football game, Matt. Late money in on the Bills. That does make me think that the Sharps are kind of in on the the home team here, which makes me question what we had talked about with this game and the styles favoring the Pats. Buffalo by three. It was two and a half on Friday. Does that change anything for you if Buffalo's got no, an extra half No, I think the Patriots point. money line. I yeah. think Pats are going to win. Yeah. I like the Patriots, too. I just don't know. I just feel like the style of these two teams, and it's supposed to be really cold, like twenty in the 20s, uh, maybe bad weather on top of just being cold, too, and you know, windiness and maybe some drops of rain. I don't think that helps or, the home team. You think that helps the home team? I think it does not help the home team. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it, it, I don't think it does either. Let's see. Um yeah, 30s, maybe snow flurries. Like this is 30s, 20s. This is going to be a cold one. This is going to be an interesting game here, and I think everything points to the Pats for me. But that's why you have this big, strapping, strong arm quarterback, right? That can throw through the elements. Do the elements get to Mac Jones more than Josh Allen? And is that enough for the Bills to make up for a lack of run game, maybe, and a lack of physicality versus what the Patriots are trying to do to you every week? So that, that's going to be a fun matchup. I can't wait for this one on Monday night. No question. And when I said it does in favor of the home team, well, it does the quarterback. I mean, uh, yes. the way they're, they're built, other than that, it does not. This is a game where I expect Mac Jones to throw like 12 times. Yes. <laughs> if, if they win, that might be the formula, yes. Trick plays, too. How about that? Okay, what's, that's a good call. What's, uh, what's Bill Belichick going to bust out from the, from the trick play bag in this one? Here's here's one little prediction. Okay. Someone other than a quarterback will throw a pass for the Patriots. There we go. Jacoby Myers? Yeah, he's a good candidate. Okay, Jacoby right? Myers touchdown pass in this one. To Mac Jones. How about that? Ooh, wow. You just <laughs> take it a new level. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> <a> deep post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. This is going to be a fun one. I can't wait. Bills, Patriots, Monday Night Football. We'll have it all broken down for you tomorrow. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.